Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Okay, here comes the catch. This has to cost a lot of money. Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Bye, bye, bye! Yes, the money is good. We don't have that much time left. Let's talk rocket ships. First, Bitcoin. Three, two, one. This is Crypto Karma with the sensei of cryptocurrency, Nick Green. Welcome to Crypto Karma. This is Nick Green, and this show is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Always fresh, always healthy, nectarjuicebar.com. Download the app to get a free smoothie now. So stay healthy, nectarjuicebar.com. Updating you on the almost last week of August. It is the 27th, and Bitcoin is halfway to the moon. I say that because we are halfway into this wonderful bull market cycle. There's ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster, loop-de-loos. But the point is to buy low, sell high, or just hold. Because at the end of the day, it's digital real estate. If you have a house, even if you bought high in the market, 7 to 10 years later, chances are really high you're going to be up somewhere between 20 and 100%. So it's very exciting that we are halfway through the market and our prices, it's, it's motivating. There's a lot of emotional stuff into this. And it's really, really reassuring to watch prices go up. Bitcoin hit a real nice high, uh, touching above $50,000 in this past week. In fact, we had a local recent top of $62,000. Came right back down to 50. I mean, these are big moves, $10,000, which is why not everybody is in this. And if it was for everybody, then everyone would be getting rich. But that's not the case. So Bitcoin right now hovering around 48,000. But the more important thing is that it's not below 42. That is the Fibonacci 0.612 resistance. And it is a very important number that we don't drop below there or else we could start having another downward trend. And eventually we will. But in the meantime, it's all about going up. So Bitcoin at this nice number of 48,000 is letting a lot of money also move into the altcoin market. So it's not yet alt season. Alt season is when your face starts to melt. Who can forget that face? But we've had a couple really good indicators that it's coming back upon us. The first thing is having this $2 trillion market cap in crypto is a big deal. All this money coming back in, Coinbase Pro listing new coins, the new FTX exchange that we spoke about, all of these are really good signs. So looking at these prices, this price chart's amazing. Ethereum is holding above 3,200, XRP $1.18, Matic moving back up from $1 to $1.50. Dogecoin is like a stable coin. I keep saying this over and over, it's 29 cents, 29 cents. It was 14 cents a couple months ago, like two of them. You could have doubled your money no matter what. And now we're here chilling, waiting to get to a dollar. I'm chilling. So ADA is a big winner along with Sol. What are those guys doing? Well, first of all, Cardano is number three in market cap, as we talked about, with a 40% gain price action in 24 hours. I really hope that you guys got on this because it's at almost three bucks. It's 284. It is going to be $3 sooner than later. It has a high of almost 290 and here is the crazy reality of this this year alone is not over in one year less than one year if we were to go back in time just to october of 2020 or even november of 2020 this was 10 cents we go back an entire year into august of 2020 and this was 13 cents so you had the opportunity less than a year ago to make over 300 percent on this one investment and we talked about cardano we talked about what they're doing the smart contracts september 12th so if it's able to pull this kind of a move 
and we're talking 300% move. It hit a little local low. I shouldn't say local of 270, but it has been hanging out around $1.30 to $2, and now it's on its way over three. It's done amazing. Another one that has been getting a lot of respect lately is Seoul. Seoul definitely was melting faces. So what did Seoul do that's so important? Well, today on Coinbase, which is always where you're gonna see the most amount of volume, it's sitting at $72. All right, not bad. What has this done considering from a month ago? So one month, 30 days, you could have bought this at $28 and now you would have almost tripled your money, more than doubled it, which is amazing. And Sol, also known as Solana, is a highly functional open source project that banks on blockchain technology, permissionless nature to provide DeFi. It is part of the DeFi revolution. Solana was officially launched just in March of last year with headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland. This is really starting to do a lot of different layers and is working with a lot of great people and other companies in the crypto space. And one year to get to this price, passing $100, it's just gonna be written. It is definitely gonna happen. I say look this up, give yourself a little bit of research because it still has a long way to go. But proving this amount of effort so early in the game, I am not prone to buying these coins that already had a huge run. I feel they are safe. They could do another 2x from where they're at now. And over time, they're gonna prove to be solid. But what I look for are the gems that have not popped yet. So let's take a minute and take a look at some coins in my portfolio and what my suggestions are that everybody's doing. Now, I've been doing some trades and have short-term and long-term investments for quite a long time. Everything has a different goal for a different reason. On KuCoin, my top three holdings are Telcoin, VRA, and Buy. I talked about VRA last week. I talk about Telcoin all the time. Right now, Buy, which stands for currency, is at just under $0.07. Now, what I do like is back in 2020, not too long ago, all-time high was $1.20. And it is a very young project. Well, now it's building up a lot of steam. This is an accumulation phase. It's number 882 on CoinMarketCap, so it has a long way to go. And this is where I call this the higher risk kind of coins. I look at what they used to do, what the project's doing, where are they now, what are the targets that we have. Really interesting is that this project includes a cryptocurrency exchange, a wallet application, and mining and blockchain development, and they are based in Dubai. Well, hopefully this is going to work out the way we all want. And if not, I could always cut my losses and put that money into VRA or Telcoin or something more solid. But in the meantime, I'm going to take a little bit of risk, ride the wave, because that's what crypto is really about, in my opinion. Having fun and taking advantage of all these different opportunities. Of course, I'm holding Tron. I'm holding Digibyte, XRP, Bitcoin, Stellar, Ethereum, Matic, Fetch, VeChain, and a few others all for different reasons and all that I have accumulated for really low prices, all profits over the past four years. So Fetch, Fetch is something that is brand new to Coinbase and Coinbase Pro, F-E-T, or also known as Fetch.ai. What I like about them is that Fetch has some real use blockchain applications and is also already having working contracts with Pepsi, which I'll talk about in a moment. So what is Fetch? Fetch AI, we build tools and infrastructure to enable a decentralized digital economy. Fetch.ai is a Cambridge-based artificial intelligence lab and is building a decentralized machine learning platform based on a distributed ledger that enables secure sharing, connection, and transactions based on any data globally. Fetch AI's network is based around an open source technology that any user can run to connect to the network, giving access to the power of AI on a world-scale secure data set to carry out complex coordination tasks in the modern economy. 
Well, they have a lot of aspirations, but let's talk about some working use case projects because this is something that I'm looking to hold on to for a little bit, get a two or three X out of it as the market starts to turn more. And then I'll probably sell, take my profits and keep just a little bit because we're so early in the crypto market that I feel we have huge, huge, huge opportunities in the long run. So that's why I'm just simply not selling everything. Well, Fetch AI is continuing to build its platform out and just being listed on Coinbase and Coinbase Pro is a big deal that has brought in a lot of trading. Yeah, it's retraced a little bit and it has an all-time high of 78 cents in just March of this year when everything was running. Came all the way down to 20 and has rebounded real nicely to the 55 cent range. I sold uh, probably around the 65 cent range after I bought this under 20 cents quite some time ago. Even had some uh, leftover that I got for about two to three cents. So back using all profits, which is the safest way to trade and least amount of stress, I bought back in under 40. And this guy, I'm really looking forward to see one to $2. I think it's very realistic and that's all I'm holding out for. Like I said, I'm gonna sell most of my profits and keep just a little bit for the long run in coins that I believe in. So VeChain, V-E-T, this is something that is extremely strong. If it's not part of your portfolio, it really should be. VeChain is an amazing public blockchain system that has created an ecosystem solving real world economic problems. They have a lot of partners that include BMW, Louis Vuitton, and other groups. What they do is create a blockchain model where you could actually track a product to guarantee its authenticity and to make sure the product is not a counterfeit. That is why it is used by Louis Vuitton, Nike, and other large institutions. So look at it this way. If your wife or yourself are buying yourself a, a five to $10,000 Louis Vuitton purse, you want to make sure it's not a knockoff. So it is tagged with an IFD chip, and that chip is going to have a special code linked to a blockchain and a token on the blockchain network. And so now this purse will make its way from Italy all the way to the United States of America. And to make sure that it has not been swapped out, you could authenticate it by the code on the chip embedded into the purse. Then that will be verified on the VeChain blockchain so that you could be guaranteed of what you're buying is real. That is a real world use case. And especially for high-end luxury goods, this type of thing is very much important. VeChain's had great price action in the past. And right now it has built a lot of support under a little bit under a dime, eight, nine cents, and is right around the 14 cent mark today. But can it be above a dollar? Absolutely. It's something that actually has value and is actually working in the real world right now. It's not just speculation. In fact, I'm going to give you a little list of partnerships that have been officially signed with VeChain in order to authenticate the blockchain transactions and the authenticity of different products. So these partnerships do include the China National Level Partnership, Direct Imported Goods, China Unicorn, DB Schenecker, the BMW Group, LVMH, and that's Louis Vuitton, Renault, Bright Food, Shanghai E-Grid Consulting, Energy, Fuji, the Republic of Cyprus National Level Partnership, Fashion for Good, a, a, including even H&M. So the list goes on. This is something that for me isn't just a short-term trade to make some money, but also about the long run. Because as people understand more about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, and the institutions are going to go to companies that already have a balance sheet and already are income producing and actually working in the real world to solve problems. When you look at a cryptocurrency outside of speculation, it's really good to say, 
What are you doing to solve problems? Are you creating problems and then a solution to give yourself value? Or is there a real world problem that you're finding a solution for? Hence, VeChain has over 250 clients and partners that they are working with. So I say look them up. That's V-E-C-H-A-I-N. Their trading signal is VET, V-E-T, and there's gonna be a whole lot of information on these guys that you're gonna just wanna dive down the rabbit hole. It's a great one. Remember to always D-Y-O-R, do your own research. That is a little look into the Crypto Karma portfolio. And here is a little snip of some Crypto Karma entertainment, our favorite Digital cryptocurrency artist Little Bubble has a new release out. He bought everything low. His songs are like a cryptocurrency trader's diary. Have a listen and remember, this is why you buy low to enjoy the highs. Bottom at the bottom, now we're here. Bottom at the bottom, now we rolled them all up to here. Bottom at the bottom, now we're here. Bottom at the bottom, now the whole team up in here. Bottom at the bottom, now we're here. Bottom at the bottom, now we rolled them all up to here. That was Little Bubble, and as always, look him up on YouTube, give some support and show your love. Anybody contributing to the crypto community and blockchain for the past few years definitely deserves a little bit of respect. Now, in the news with Crypto Karma, there are some strange things happening. We all know that every bank and institution has been denying their efforts uh, to mine or hold or buy Bitcoin. And now it seems that everybody and their mom has already been doing it. We know about Visa, we know about MasterCard, but here's something new and interesting. According to MarketWatch, why did Visa just buy a CryptoPunk? NFT, non-fungible token, we've talked about those, but Visa, they spent $150,000 on the limited edition special run CryptoPunks. The payments giant said that they want a seat at the table as the crypto economy evolves. Now, personally, I think that's a strange way to do it. I would rather make a different type of investment, but when you have billions of dollars at your disposal and you're late to the game, you wanna make a splash. So what these guys did is they basically came late to the party, but they wore something extremely fabulous. Now, according to Visa, what they said on Monday is that they purchased a CryptoPunk token or NFT for nearly $150,000, jumping into the growing frenzy around digital assets that some argue could be a game changer in the realm of art, music, and ownership of virtual assets, as I like to call Bitcoin digital real estate. They say that this. We want to have a seat at the table as the crypto economy evolves. This is coming from Visa's head of crypto. So they have a whole department dedicated to this as they email to an interview with MarketWatch. They say, by participating actively in this space, we gain deeper firsthand knowledge, ultimately allowing us to better support our customers as they enter the space. 
Interesting. I don't think any of their customers care about the NFT, but look at all this news. If you go Google Visa or NFT or CryptoPunk, this is the story that comes up. So they basically paid $150,000 on a digital asset to get all this free press. And then, of course, they could sell it, make more money and then turn around and get a lot more free press. So they're not dummies over there. It's, it's a good strategy that you see all the time. An NFT is a unique, verifiable digital asset using blockchain technology. NFTs essentially amount to digital certificate of authenticity and allow digital assets, including artwork and music, that exist only on screens to be traded and tracked. So you're gonna see a lot more in the music industry, artists owning their masters, and even making original songs, NFTs. So in this case, the largest United States card network bought one of the unique avatars in the CryptoPunk series, a set of some 10,000 pixel art characters made by Larva Labs back in 2017 that now have come to typify the craze around NFTs. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I understand everything. Back in June, Israeli entrepreneur Shalom McKenzie bought CryptoPunk number 7523 for $11.8 million at Sotheby's. 40, but now 5, 40, but now 5, now 50. My question is why, but nonetheless, let's go down the news. Sheffield said that Visa's purchase is a great way to raise awareness about the potential of this space while providing an opportunity to learn and help our clients navigate through it. Indeed, NFTs are seen creating opportunities for new business models that didn't exist before, including the artist who can attach stipulations to an NFT that ensures they get some of the proceeds every time it gets resold, meaning they benefit if the work increases in value, which is a residual income for the musician or the artist, unlike the real world where the contracts take advantage of the artist or musician and they never see any money from their masters ever. They're basically slaves to the institution. This, on the other hand, is the people's solution to respect, pay, and honor the original artist. NFTs give musicians and sports stars the potential to provide enhanced perks to their fans as well, easily verifiable within the realm of the blockchain. Visa says it doesn't expect to be the last major institution to purchase an NFT. In the early days of social media, it was hard to imagine that every brand would have an actively managed account and interact directly with these online communities, he said. Similarly, while Visa is the first major brand to do so today, we expect over time many brands will recognize the value of collecting NFTs to express their brand identities and connect with passionate communities of creators and collectors, is what Visa says. Visa elaborated on its rationale for buying an NFT for almost $150 on their blog. Didn't even know they had one. Most NFTs run on the Ethereum blockchain, another undervalued token. And that is, of course, the number two cryptocurrency in the world by market value, largely because the Ethereum is known for its smart contracts, which allow developers to write special instructions or code, including those for NFTs atop their distributed ledger protocols. In an NFT sale, the process of handling the auction can be encoded on the Ethereum blockchain, including holding the money from bids, which is usually done in ETH, and held in escrow until the winning bidder is confirmed. All transparent, all safe. Many crypto bulls have been hoping that Bitcoin, the largest and most prominent crypto and Ether, would become more widely used in digital payment networks. Presently, crypto is still viewed as a niche, according to the massive payment world of Visa and MasterCard, but we all know that is going to be changing in the near future. Earlier this year, Visa started piloting settlement of transactions on its own network with digital currency. MasterCard announced the support of some cryptocurrencies on its network earlier this year, and they both have credit cards that you could tie to crypto and earn crypto rewards, such as with Crypto.com, Coinbase, and BlockFi. Executives from both companies have cited growing interest among customers for these services. Visa is 
on its way to make a splash as Bitcoin is around $50,000 and the cryptocurrency market is the highest levels they've been since mid-May, just a few short months ago at $2.1 trillion. So this is where everybody makes a lot of money. We all get girlfriends or boyfriends and drive Lambos. So don't sell too early. Also in the news, PayPal has opened up its cryptocurrency trading and purchasing in the UK. They have already done so here in the United States. And if you've got a card or look on your phone or your app, there are options to immediately buy Bitcoin, just like with Venmo and with Cash App. So the accessibility for the mainstream is getting easier and easier. And over time, it is definitely going to become the norm. In the news with cryptocurrency, then you know the name Michael Saylor. We talk about him a lot, and he is definitely a more proactive individual than Elon Musk has ever been. He, of course, is a CEO of MicroStrategy, who we often talk about because he is doing some big things for the community and is a big believer in Bitcoin. So as he sits behind his big wooden desk with a giant wooden ship behind him, he loves to give Zoom interviews online. And this week was no different. So as Bitcoin hit an all-time high, one of the questions I always ask myself is, are a lot of people going to sell or are they going to keep buying, realizing that this is just a leg up to a million dollars? This is riding the rainbow wave. It may be 50,000, but that just means we're getting that much closer to 100. And then 100 is only 10x away from a million. We know it's coming. It's a matter of when. Now, Michael Saylor, the MicroStrategy CEO, just to prove how much he believes in Bitcoin, and of course it's good for their books and investment, bought $10 million more worth of Bitcoin during their price pullback. And that's hilarious. The headline says the price pullback, meaning it touched 60 and it's like 50,000. He hasn't bought it since it was in the 30s. So is it a big pullback? Mm, no, not really on this scale. So he said on Tuesday, just this week, that his company MicroStrategy bought another $10 million worth of Bitcoin. Their latest purchase brought its Bitcoin holdings to 92,079 Bitcoin, or today worth $2.2 billion. When this Bitcoin is worth $70,000, and it will be, his profit from the company's investments will be nearing $1 billion with a B. $100 billion. That's right. A Dr. Evil $1 billion. That's insane. This is how the rich get richer. It takes money to make money. And Bitcoin is no different. Yeah, you could start smaller, but doubling or tripling 100 bucks is not as fun as $100 million. In a tweet just this Tuesday, because who doesn't like to give company news uh, via tweet? He said the company bought 229 Bitcoins for the small price of only $10 million and that their average price was $43 thousand dollars including fees and expenses so his last purchase was around 29 30 now he's at 43 they call it a pullback but already today at 48,000 he has made a profit uh, what it looks to me with my quick math of about two million dollars in just five days should he sell it he linked to a SEC filing that reported the purchase because of course everybody in crypto pays taxes and nobody is above the law it appears MicroStrategy has taken advantage of Bitcoin's recent price drop to build its investment when this happened on Monday, falling to 43000 MicroStrategy said on May 13th of this year that they bought about 271 Bitcoins for $15 million in cash at an average price of $55,000. With its most recent purchase, MicroStrategy now owns 92,000 Bitcoins, acquired for $2.2 billion current value, and the average price is $24,000 of Bitcoin. So this is a way to dollar cost average. They are well in the profit. But what I find to be one of the most important things to recognize here is buying 
at 55,000, at 25,000, at 30,000, 40,000, no matter the price, MicroStrategy is investing a large portion of their portfolio. And clearly they are showing that this is a long-term play. They would not invest this much money if they didn't think 100,000 was on the horizon or even that 500K to a million dollar mark. We are on the path for 100,000. And I don't think any of these guys are gonna sell beforehand, but at the same token, sky is the limit. And if they really feel we're gonna see a million dollars of Bitcoin, well, having 92,000 of them is a way to become one of the world's richest people. Michael Saylor highlighted MicroStrategy's latest purchase of Bitcoin just one day after he engaged in a heated online exchange with well-known asshole Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff loves gold, hates everybody in crypto, is extremely egotistic, and loves to play the villain on everything he does. <laughs> he's annoying, he's immature. Yeah, he made a whole lot of money in the 80s and 90s off of gold, which right now would be one of the worst investments you could have had in the past 12 years when compared to Bitcoin. He's a citizen of Puerto Rico, he doesn't pay taxes, he hides from the government openly, so to speak, and he likes to criticize everybody else. The cool thing about Peter Schiff is he had a couple kids and one of them, his son, is a huge Bitcoin maximalist, not an asshole. Awesome kid, kind of crappy dad. The chief economist and global strategist at Euro Pacific Capital said Saylor offered asinine advice to hold Bitcoin as an inflationary hedge. Saylor shot back with a screenshot showing gold would have provided returns 77% below those of Bitcoin over the past 12 months. Isn't it fun to see billionaires fight with each other and argue over returns and money? They both could retire, they have plenty of money, but one of them is making moves and the other one is criticizing it. Be like Michael Saylor, don't be like Peter Schiff. And that is a Crypto Karma tip of the day. Okay, the land down under. Boy, are they having problems right now with this COVID quarantine issue. If you want to see what's really happening, go on a Twitter, take a good look, but that place is on lockdown and thank God there are zero deaths. We don't want anybody to be hurt from this, but this reaction is crazy. So since Australians have been locked down in their homes for over 200 days, they have been very active in the cryptocurrency community. There's a good and there's a bad. The first, the good, that 75% of Australians have made on average two months worth of their salaries in just the last 30 days alone in cryptocurrency gains. Again, it's a very transparent trade and it's easy to find out who's winning and who's losing. So good for them. That's the one good thing going on in these Aussies' lives. However, there is a negative. On top of the lockdown and crazy rules they have from dictators, Australians also lost over $25 million to bogus crypto investments. They made bad decisions. Investment scams in Australia cost investors, or suckers, more than 70 million Australian dollars, equivalent to about 50 million US dollars in the first six months of 2021. Crypto scams contributed to more than 50% of the losses. As an example, reported by the Australian Consumer Commission, blah, 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 they have set to exceed over $101 million in scams by the end of the year. That's really sad. 
And what I really think is that a lot of these people that are stuck in their homes or depressed, they're looking for ways to get money and get out of it. It's a lot easier when you're emotionally invested to fall for a scam. There is phishing. There are people that say, send me one ETH, I'll send you back two. There are bots. There are princes in Nigeria. Everybody wants your money and wants to steal your Bitcoin. So I say, do your research. Never hand over your keys or your password to anybody. Never click on a link on your text or your email, even if you know the sender, just do not do it. There are things you do not do. It is a digital world, it's an emerging market. Don't be like them. Keep your money, be like the guys that made 75% of their salary in just two months, because that's what Bitcoin's about. It is financial freedom, it is the future. And of course, our favorite price prediction, I'm gonna say next week, Cardano will be over $3. Matic will be pushing $1.80. Ethereum may still very well be between the three and $3,300 range, and Bitcoin will be over 50,000. And this is Nick Green with Crypto Karma reminding you that this show is for educational purposes only. This is not investment or financial advice. This is Crypto Karma brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Check out nectarjuicebar.com. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Crypto Karma. Explore the cryptocurrency universe with Nick Green on Crypto Karma. Learn about Bitcoin and blockchain, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and more. Buy and sell and trade and learn how to make some serious money with digital currency. Crypto Karma is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Nectar is fresh at its best. Live life to the freshest with Nectar. Crypto Karma. Strike first, strike fast. Saturday at 9 a.m. on KPPF. And hear the podcast on Podbean.